Now, Scotland's talking. Call 0333-2020-401 and join the debate. Hello, good morning and welcome to Sunday. It's Ali Valley, Scotland's talking through till 12 midday. On the talking today... Has the fight for equality gone too far? A supermarket giant could be facing a bill of £4 billion if it loses the latest case. So whose side are you on? What we're comparing in Tesco's case is the women that are working on the shop floor, hourly paid, against the men that work in the warehouses. Yeah, but are these jobs the same? Do you think these jobs are worth the same pay? After 11 o'clock today, I'll be speaking to an academic who's leading the fight back against a law that would completely outlaw any kind of smacking of children in Scotland. He says it will criminalise good parents and stop police and social workers catching those who are abusing kids. We want to know what you think of that. And have you ever thought of what you would do if you were confronted by a mugger? 78-year-old Evelyn is telling us why she decided to fight back using her walking stick as a weapon. Because it just wasn't getting my bag. <laughs> I just made up my mind. He wasn't getting this handbag. That's it. He wasn't getting it. Do you think she did the right thing? Or is she lucky not to have been seriously hurt? Music and conversation for a Sunday morning. This is Scotland's Talking. If you'd like to join us, 0333 2020 401. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. We start off today with a talk about equality. Well, last week, Tuesday, marked 100 years since women were given the vote in the UK. And now Tesco could be facing the mother of all equal pay claims, which could end up costing the supermarket giant £4 billion. Pounds. A group of mainly female shop assistants are taking action saying it's unfair that they earn as much as £3 an hour less than men working in the warehouses. They say they do the job which is equivalent value to the firm and so they should be paid the same. Right? So equivalent value, what they do, they're saying is equivalent value to what the guys in the warehouse so they should get exactly the same pay. Should they? Is it really the same job? Is working on the shop floor the same as working in a warehouse? Should one be paid more than the other? Asda is already facing a similar claim. And if Tesco lose this one, they could have 200,000 workers involved. And how many other firms will have to follow suit? Paula Lee is from the law firm Lee Day, which is representing the employees. Tesco are the largest employer in the country. They've got 460,000 employees. I think that's worldwide, for the sake of accuracy. Our understanding is that 250,000 of those employees are hourly paid on the shop floor in Tesco. From that 250,000 of hourly paid shop workers, we estimate, looking at their own statistics on the website, that about 155,000 are women. We're all comfortable with the mantra, equal pay for equal work. And I think there is a misunderstanding of actually the scope of what equal work means. So when we look at the equal pay for equal work, there's three. The law gives us three um, pillars, if you like, to put it on. One is we've got man and woman working side by side doing the same role. I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that they should be paid the same for they're doing the same job. The second criteria that they have is work that's rated as equivalent and that's what we see in the public sector or the NHS. The third one and what we're looking at for Tesco is work that's rated is, is of equal value. In this case the paradigm is the woman comparing her job with a man's job but they do different jobs but we're looking at the demands those different jobs put. On, onto the individuals undertaking those roles. And when we look at the demands, we then break that down further and we'll look at things like the qualifications, the working conditions, the training. So what we're comparing in Tesco's case is the women that are working on the shop floor, hourly paid, against the men that work in the warehouses, also on an hourly paid, or the distribution centres, on an hourly paid basis. The main grade in Tesco stores, as we understand it, is the grade B and C grade. And as of November 2017, their hourly rate of pay is £8.02 per hour. We're not quite as exact with our understanding of the distribution centres. Our understanding from our research is that the hourly rates of pay are between £8.50 to £11.50. That's a conservative estimate. So, should one be paid more than the other? What do you think? I just, as I said yesterday on, on the show, I thought, you know, that when we're talking about this, I don't, I don't quite get it. If somebody 
applies, let's just say they want to go and work in Tesco. That's fine. That's great. Somebody wants to go and work in Tesco. On you go. That's great. But if you apply for a job on the shop floor, whether it be checkout operator or filling the shelves or whatever, that surely is one job. Working in the warehouse as a warehouse man or warehouse woman is another job. I'm not saying that men and women shouldn't be paid the same amount. What I'm asking is, can you really compare those two jobs as the same job? Now, maybe you work for Tesco and, and you know, you agree or disagree with that. Mind you, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a female sitting on the checkouts, um, you may be just quite happy to go along with this and see what happens because at the end of the day, you might be, you know, ten, fifteen thousand pounds better off if the, the case is proved. But I, I'm just not sure if I'm alone and being a bit thick here and not really understanding it, you know, not seeing what others are seeing. Certainly, I understand the, the, the legal side, you know, she thinks there the, that she she's going to... Um, go in there and, and, and maybe help a lot of women and, and make some money for her company as well. Right, okay, here's someone whose wife works for Tesco and wants to stay anonymous. Good morning. Good morning, Alan. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Right, so what do you think of this then? Well, I think they should get equal praise. Now, my wife doesn't work on the shop floor as such. You're talking about shop floor and warehouse men, but I'm taking it a step further. My wife used to work on what they called the daily counter which was the butchers, the fishmongers, the cold meats and the cheeses. Mm-hmm. And, and way back in the early days, Tesco's employed fishmongers and employed butchers. Now, my wife was trained up, full training, to do fishmongers' job and butcher's job. So if the butcher was in the hall, they were all sick, she could cover it. She went and done her health and safety, she went and done her health and hygiene, all the rest of it. But my wife never got the fishmongers or the butchers' rate. She only got the, the shop assistance rate for working the deli counter rate. So... I think my wife and people like that should get the same money as the people doing the jobs, eh? I, 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 in a way, agree with what you're saying. Although the trained fishmonger and the trained butcher has gone through a lot of training. Um, That's correct. And, and would you say your wife went through the same training? Yes, correct. Yes, yep, yep, yep. And then yep, she's, doing, she's doing his job when he's on a day off. I mean, the butcher can't be there seven days a week, so That's she steps in. Yeah, that's correct. And when, at the very, very start, uh, sometimes the fish wasn't gutted and the fish wasn't he- beheaded and that, and people would ask for that to get done. My wife would need to go away through, wash her hands, do her, thing, do her bits and pieces and fit, gut the fish and, you know, dehead the fish. And on new days, the fish come in and they're all gutted and things like that. So she was fully trained up how to use the correct knives, the correct chopping boards, the correct colours and all the rest of it. So, yes, she was entitled to the same money as a fishmonger or a, but- or a butcher. Absolutely agree, 100%. But and, that, and that's Tesco's, mate. Right. That's the, that's the policy they had at that time. So I think she should be backpaid. And you see, this is, is that the argument that's going on, though? That's not, well, that's not that's the, what, uh, the argument, is it? That she t- that's, talk- not the arg- yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not the argument that you're talking about. You're talking about shop floor workers and warehouse men. Well, we're, we're not just talking about it. We're, t- we're talking about that's the, the legal case that's coming up yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Well, I'm taking it a step further then, and I'm saying there is, there is demarcation within Tesco's for jobs getting done that, that women are doing the same jobs as men and not getting paid the same rate for men. Mm-hmm. No, uh, in, in your situation, in, or in your wife's situation, does she still work for Tesco? Yes, that's why I'm remaining an anonymous inmate, yeah. Right, OK, that's fine. Uh, right, so she's still working for Tesco. Will this affect her then? Because, you know, what... I don't know, mate. I don't know yeah. the job she does for Tesco's now. I don't know if she would be coming in that category now, eh? Right. Yeah, that's just what I, you know, what I'm wondering here is that yeah. what you're saying is is a different case from what I can see. Yeah. But I yeah. agree to me where your wife was doing the same job or doing the job of the the butcher when he wasn't there or the fishmonger or whatever, yeah. she should have been paid the the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the going rate. I totally yeah. agree with that. And if man and woman are working in the deli counter or working on no matter who the supermarket is, it doesn't matter. If, if they're doing the same job, they should be paid the same hourly rate. But I just don't get this as to why they think that someone working on the shop floor should get the same as somebody working in a warehouse or a distribution depot. They're two separate jobs. Well, that's a, that's a different argument. Exactly. I'm, I'm just saying either there is a case of demarcation within Tesco's going back many, many years, eh? So, right. 
I'm just bring another point. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I know I, I see where you're coming from. And, and so the job that she does now, does that still involve her being in, uh, doing someone else's job that they're no, getting? No. No. Right. No. But if the back pay was coming, you would be quite happy. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I would. Okay. Thank you very much indeed for being our first caller on that. Superb. That's, that's right there from the... Uh, Almost a horse's mouth. That's his wife works in Tesco. Um, and do, I, I agree with him. Do some money. Uh, certainly do some back pay on the job that she did because it was an equal job. I just don't see that. It, you know, it's just to me, it's two separate jobs. Warehouse, shop. John Carr. John, how are you? Good morning, Ali. How are you, my friend? I'm all right, thank you. What's your thoughts on this then? Well, this argument confuses me, Ali, extremely, because when you apply for a job, you've got a, an application form that says, this is what you'll be doing, this is your rate of pay, are you happy with the rate of pay? If you are, fill up the form, if you get the job, all good and well. It appears to me that, first of all, as you've already said, you have got two sections here. You've got the shop front, and you've got the warehouse. Now, Tesco have deemed that they're two separate entities, which they are. I've worked in a warehouse myself. There's a lot of heavy lifting and balling about. So it would be more suited to a man, and I'm not being discriminate here, but it would be more suited for a man than it would for a woman. Um, so that I can see where the rate of pay would be different. But the point I'm trying to make is, Ari, if you're following up the application form, and it says your rate of pay is £5.70 or £9.70 an hour. It's no saying it's £9.70 an hour, but you can argue about it once you've been in for a while. That's your rate of pay, and that's what you should be bound to. Yeah, I, I mean, again, following your line, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, you know, but a, a part of it anyway. Um, there will be women uh, who are employed in the distribution depots as well as men and who they feel uh, are quite capable of doing the man's job and humping boxes around, etc., etc., yeah. and, and driving forklifts. And, you know, if they feel that's what they want to do, yeah. that's fine. That, On they that, go. That's a, that's a totally different argument altogether. That's, that's women who are working in the warehouse. What we've got here is working women who are working in the shop floor who are saying, somebody who works in the warehouse is getting £3 an hour more than me. I'm not happy about that. I want to kick up a bit. If the women are working in the warehouse alongside the guys, they should be getting paid the same money as the guys. There's no argument about that. But if they're working in the shop floor, it's two different entities, Alex. Do you think this whole do you think this whole equality thing is just going too far? Yes, I do. I, I can I can understand where in the past it's been oh a man gets paid this a woman gets paid this. I can understand where women have been standing up, but the point I'm saying again is it all stems as to when you're filling out that application form. If that's the rate of pay, and if you're happy with that rate of pay. You sign the form and say, I'm happy to do that. You can't sign the form and say, I'm happy to do that, and then go into your work and find out that your pal next door to you is getting paid a couple of pounds extra, so you want a rise. It's just not on. OK, John, thank you for that. Uh, let me just go into a couple of the comments coming in on social media, and I'll give you all the contacts in a moment as well. Uh, Ali, if a woman is doing the same job as a man, she should be paid the same wage. No arguments there. F a woman fought all these uh, years ago, I think you meant to have in there, uh, for the right vote and won. So, the right to vote and won, yeah, it was a few years ago. So, I think they should keep fighting for equal pay. Thank you for that. And then there's one comes in that I'm, I'm reading and I've read twice and I'm not quite sure if I understand it. So see if, see if it's me that's just been thick here or if you understand it. Uh, Ali, your lead statement about Tesco is wrong. There's different pay between shop and warehouse staff. But men and women in the warehouse get exactly the same pay. A Tesco warehouse worker. Sorry, due to company rules, I can't give my name. Uh, that's not what we said. We said, you know, that the argument is not between people, men and women, working in a warehouse, whether it be Tesco, Asda or Jimmy Swiss. It doesn't matter. 
that's it's not the argument there. the The argument seems to be that um, the the uh, ladies who are taking this up, and we heard from Paula Lee, who is with the law firm that's leading it. The argument seems to be that the ladies who work in the shop floor are saying they should be paid the same as the warehouse staff. So there's no argument from me uh, or anybody else as far as I know that women and men working in the warehouse get the same pay. That's fine. That's fine. It's the shop workers now, those on the shop floor that are saying they should be paid the same as the warehouse stroke distribution staff. As I said, I don't understand why when they're not doing the same job. If they want a higher paid job, then apply to go and work in the warehouse. And they'll go, you know, like any other job. If you want a bigger pay and you see within the same company you could move, then you say, let's, let's go for the warehouse job. That pays more money. So, you know, I, I've, thank you very much indeed for your comment, particularly as you, as you work for, for Tesco and, they, they, you know, I mean, that £4 billion it's likely to cost them if they, they get ahead with this. But just asking, has it just gone that wee bit too far? You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. If you have just joined us, a very good morning to you. We're talking at the moment about a group of mainly female shop assistants uh, working with Tesco, taking action, saying it's unfair that they earn as much as £3 an hour less than men working in the warehouses. So this is shop assistants versus warehouses. And they say the job they do is of equivalent value to the firm, and so they should be paid the same. That's the question I'm asking. Do you think they should? Is it really the same job? I, I just don't see it as being the same job, but, you know, uh, let me know. They, their solicitor person that was on, uh, Paul Lee, said it's of equal value, the job. Uh, we've had a lady on who is currently working with Tesco, which is fine, and she doesn't want to go on, on air at the moment. But she says that she works on the shop floor and she does as strenuous a job as those working in the distribution depot because she fills shelves, she has to reach to the top of the shelf, she has to, you know, put boxes up and she has to stack, etc. So as far as she's concerned, she's doing the same as the staff in a warehouse stroke distribution. Um, she only she doesn't get paid the same as them. She gets paid the same as someone sitting on their bum at a checkout, she says. So, well... You've got an option there. Get transferred to the checkout or go and work in the distribution depot. But I can't, still can't see how you think putting some packets of crisps on a shelf is the same as lifting boxes, driving forklifts around, loading vehicles, that type of thing which happens in a distribution depot. That still doesn't work for me, so I think you're kidding yourself on. But there you go. That's me. 033-2020-401 is the number. John, good morning. A very good morning, Ali. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Your thoughts on this, then? My thoughts is uh, health and safety in this one. Uh, basically, women are fantastic, fantastic women, and I'm all for them, OK? But... I knew there was a butt coming here. Go on, dig a hole for yourself. When, <laughs> I'm digging a bigger hole, Ollie. When you go. But the fact is, when you're in a warehouse, when machinery and heavy goods are roaming about, forklifts and heavy goods and lifting... That's health and safety comes in, and there's a situation when a person can be hurt. Now, I'm not going to put in quality, but the fact that women should be paid the same as men. Right. In the warehouse? In whatever gender you are, right. you should be paid the same, Ali. I, I don't disagree with that. What, I'm not saying I disagree with that. What I still can't grasp myself is the difference between working on the shop floor. As that young lady who called in, who wouldn't go on air, says she works for Tesco, she fills shelves. But she thinks she should be paid the same as the people working in the warehouse and the distribution depot uh, for, for that company. She thinks she should be paid the same, and yet she's not, she's not involved in those um, machinery-type jobs, loading trucks, etc., filling stuff in cages. She's not doing that. So well, it's, not, it's not the same job, is it? Well, I could stop you there. Imagine, uh, uh, you know, a very beautiful lady there, because you know, they're all beautiful ladies, Ali. Oh, a broken 
my fingernail. Oh, my God. You're asking for trouble, boy. You're asking for trouble. I know that, and that's the reason it's all about opinions. Yep. It's all about opinions. Yes, I've known some males going around this building worried about their broken fingernails. Never mind the females. Thank you very much. That's it, John. Thanks for your comment. Uh, here's another John. Some of the Johns today uh, on the... Uh, What's he on? He's on text, yeah. Um, my pay trial. How about my job to get my trial? Let's see. Let shop workers try working in the warehouse and vice versa. Um, you'd have to agree, to be honest. I think the jobs are not the same. John, I agree. See what happens. My bet would be the whole thing would stop very quickly and they wouldn't be suing here. Right. Thank you for that. Um, another anonymous caller. Hello. Who's there? Oh, I better not ask that. Right. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Right, uh, so why, what's your story here then? Uh, I'm just wondering because, well, the, the woman that came on and was saying that she stacks the shelves, she does just as strenuous a job as someone in the warehouse. Unless she's worked in the warehouse, how can she say that? She doesn't know. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what I'm thinking, that, you know, they are, to me, like you say, two different jobs because of the, the stresses involved of lifting. But, I mean, these people get them to work in the warehouse and then don't know if it's as strenuous and they might stop complaining when they find out their job in the shop isn't as strenuous. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching a, a report on this on, on the telly, I think, this weekend. Um, uh, they were talking about, you know, well, this has been, uh, equal pay has been in since the 1980s and these supermarkets have had all this time to sort it out, so it's now time for us to get it. But, and I understand that, but I just don't see how it's the same job. You know, same job for, you know, for men and women. If they're doing the same job, then yes. But that's just exactly what you're saying. Let them, if they want to do that, let them go and work in the warehouse. Maybe not be able to How work in... How does she equal value? How does she calculate out it being equal value? Well, there is a very complicated, again, I was reading it, there's a very complicated system of working it out, and um, they they seem to have come up with this, that they are doing equal value. In it. So, but it is, there is seriously a, a, a system that uh, they can sit down and say, right, well, that, 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 and does it out come out to equal value? Yes, it does. So it'll be an interesting one to follow it. Uh, thank you very much indeed for your call on that. 22 minutes away from 11. Keep your calls coming in, of course and your comments, treble three twenty twenty four oh one. You can text 61054, start your message with Ali. Uh, email address is ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk and you can also join us on Twitter and that's hashtag Scotland's Talking. Coming up uh, in a little while, I'll be talking about a subject that we, we have spoken about several times uh, on the programme, particularly when it was first proposed. And we're going back to it for a reason. I'm talking about the law that they're trying to get bring in uh, regarding uh, a total ban on smacking of children. Um, there's a campaign called Be Reasonable Scotland going around the country at the moment. And uh, we'll find out a wee bit more about that from Dr Stuart Whitten. He's a senior lecturer at Aberdeen University. And he's going to tell us a wee bit about that. And he believes that the politicians are not listening to the what the their electors, those who elect them, are actually saying about this law. And I've also been reading a, a poll that was carried out in a newspaper uh, this week, which really backs up the callers that we've had here when we've talked about this subject before. This is not a law that the people of Scotland want, but the politicians are just not paying any attention. So we're finding out about that. That's after 11 o'clock. And asking you, what do you think you would do if you found yourself confronted by a mugger? OK, that's coming up. Scotland's Talking, the podcast... Marion, hello Marion, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to phone up about your shop situation. Okay. Right, now, if I was at Tesco's and Asda's, I'd play these women at the rain game. And I would say, right, fine, you fight and get the same wages as the warehouse staff. But you'll have to do the same job as the warehouse staff. So if somebody turned does this turn up for their work any day, then some of the shop staff are taken off the floor and put into the warehouse and made do the same job. Right, so 
just that, that you know i'm not having a go as somebody's just i've just read another one coming through on uh, on text here saying that i'm having a go at female workers that's not what i'm doing i'm just saying for doing the same job is that, do you agree on that marion no i don't think so no somebody in the shop floor comes and dressed up to the nines and they do their job and they go home mm-hmm. somebody in the warehouse has to come in the boiler suit or a pair of overalls to do the same kind of job Right. But it's not the same job, is it? It's not. Definitely not. Somebody working in a warehouse has got a lot of, a lot of work done in a warehouse. Whereas somebody in a shop well, can pick and choose when they work. Or if they see a manager, they can think they're on their work. And do you think this equal pay lot's gone too far? Uh, yes. Yes. I definitely think so. If you do a man's job, then you're entitled to the same wage as a man. Right. If you're not doing a man's job, then you're not. OK, Marion, thank you very much indeed for your comment there. Uh, let me read through some of those that are coming in on texts and emails. Uh, Ali, laughing here, no wonder big corporates put their shield up. Back money, it's just greed. I'm in construction. I have six steel beams to be installed on Monday. I will pay women equal pay, no problem. And a bonus. Well, that's it. You see, that's, I don't have a problem with that. If a woman comes along and she can put up the steel beams uh, and do the same job as a male, then yes, that, that hourly rate that you pay on your construction site should be the same hourly rate for males or females. If you've got a male bricket and a female bricket, that's what, they should be paid the same. I totally agree with that. But in this instance, I don't think this, the jobs are the same. Here's one that comes... Uh, I mean, you go at me. That's okay. Big shoulders. Uh, your views on Tesco's female workers does not surprise me in the least. Having worked as a radio presenter in the 90s, the level of discrimination and abuse I received from male counterparts drove me out of the industry completely. Those in glass houses, Ali. Really? Well, I'm... I'm I can't say, you know, don't know who you are, don't know whether you were no good or whatever, you know. But there you go, that's what we're all about, um, giving you your opportunity to say something about it. Uh, if, here's one that says, uh, Ali, a great show. If the women keep this up for a couple, uh, they will not have a job to go to as Tesco will fold no money coming in, etc., etc. Thank you. And another one that says, here we go, equal pay. That means the food prices will go up and guaranteed my wages won't. It's seven minutes now away from 11 o'clock. And we've been talking about and getting quite a few comments on the situation regarding the equal pay. Uh, We've been talking about uh, Tesco being uh, sued or could possibly cost them £4 billion. Women on the shop floor thinking they should be paid the same as those working in the warehouse. Uh, And, oh, various comments coming in, which is great. Uh, Let's go to our next caller, who also wishes to remain anonymous. Hello, how are you? Hello. Uh, It's just that when you think about it, the warehouse people have got to be trained for the, the forklift. They must be trained where a shop filling shelves you don't need to be trained because i done it for years and I worked in the co-op and I was doing a boy's job and still got paid a girl's and I think it's fair that people on the shop floor they don't get training to put things on shelves where a portless driver does but you feel, or do you feel that the what we're talking about here is not discrimination? It's totally different jobs. Yes, one needs tr- special training; the other doesn't. Because I filled shelves for years, and it's easy peasy. They even get something to stand on to go to the top shelf. But if a forklift driver, he needs to put the forklift up high and make sure there's nobody in the way. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the lady who called in and talked about, you know, filling shelves in, in the supermarket, she has uh-huh. to reach the top shelf, you know, get a pair of steps then. Yes, you see them in the lanes of the, the aisles of the shops, the, the things they stand on to reach the top. But sometimes I can't reach the top and I've got to ask a customer to reach it for me. Indeed. So why put things so high up? 
Right, well, thank you very much indeed for your comment. Another one from somebody who's worked in supermarkets, which is great. Uh, uh, the majority, well, we're sort of half and half there uh, between the, the ones that are, the comments that are coming in social media as well. So uh, thank you very much indeed for your calls on that particular subject. If you still want to comment, that's OK. We'll do that in the next hour, just heading towards the 11 o'clock news. Coming up next, we've discussed a proposal for a total ban on smacking of children on Scotland's talking before, but we're going to have another look at that and uh, chat a wee bit more about it and just ask you, are the politicians listening to the those people that put them in the jobs in the first place? You're listening to Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talking. Quite a few comments still coming in regarding the equal pay for different jobs, um, but we'll come back to them uh, in a little while. Uh, right now, I'd like to discuss something that we've talked about before. It's the proposal for a total ban on smacking of children. We've talked about it before on the programme, and we're going to bring it up again this morning because opposition to it seems to be growing. A campaign called Be Reasonable Scotland is going around the country staging public meetings, explaining their concerns that the bill, which has been given the blessing of the SNP government, will turn good parents into criminals. We'll speak to one of the people involved in it in a moment, but first a reminder of why those in favour of changing the law say it's needed. At the moment there's a loophole called justifiable assault, which protects parents from prosecution under the law passed in 2003. Green MSP John Finney wants that closed, and this is what he told us on Scotland's Talking last year at the start of the public consultation on it. I think um, society changes attitudes to, to, to many things. That, that's evident in respect of things like domestic violence, for instance, where an attitude now is that there is an important role for intervening. This isn't about the privacy of what takes place in a home. Similarly, attitudes to smoking. So, for instance, um, people wouldn't think it's reasonable to have a child sitting in a smoky motor vehicle and certainly not sitting in a smoky motor vehicle whilst not being strapped in a seatbelt. So, attitudes change and it's time that this particular attitude changed. And there's a lot of support for it. All the child clinicians want it number of uh, religions the police uh, are in favour of this this is about uh, supporting people this isn't about criminalising people this is providing support and showing that uh, there is an alternative because all the international evidence suggests that the physical chastisement of children is not helpful it actually um, all, everything su- suggests that it can lead to the child's behaviour being worse clearly increased conflict with parents and, you know, uh, it's important that uh, there's protection there for the small uh, number of children who may severely be damaged by this. Campaigners against it say it's up to the parents to decide whether to smack their children, not the government. They say it would make it a crime to tap a child on the hand. Police and social workers will be flooded with trivial cases, leaving them struggling to stop genuine child abuse. Is that where we're getting mixed up? genuine child abuse against uh, those who are just trying to uh, discipline their children. Dr Stuart Waiton is Senior Lecturer of Sociology at Aberty University and he's been speaking out against the law, dismissing it as virtue signalling. He joins us now on the programme. Uh, Stuart, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for coming in. Now, what is your, lay out your opposition here uh, to, to, the, to the law? Where, where do you start? Um... Well, to start with, most people disagree with the politicians. So in a couple of polls now, we've had 75 76% of the population say that they don't think it should be a crime. Um, I think the idea that if a mother or father taps their child's hand uh, as a little smack, and that is a crime, is uh, I, I, I find it incomprehensible, to be honest with you. I, I find it very difficult to understand how politicians and experts can think it is a good idea to make that uh, turn that into a crime. Um, there's clearly no harm being done to the child. Parents love their children. Parents should be free to make decisions about how to discipline their children. We should not be confusing. I mean, I think that's an, <laughs> an insult to women, John Finney saying... It's like domestic violence. So, like, you know, beating your wife is the same as smacking your child's hand. I think, John, you need to take another look at that one personally. Um, 
I just think at every level it's just not true. The evidence he talks about is not real. It's, it's, it's a form of advocacy research that's constantly done by people who already know what answers they're looking for. Um, there is no expertise when it comes to parents. You know, parenting is a, about a relationship. It's about love and trust. Here we have politicians who clearly don't trust parents who think we need experts to get more and more involved in parents' life, as we've already seen with the named person, their attempt to introduce the named person. Politicians just today seem increasingly to be preoccupied with the idea that we need to be protected from one another, which I just think creates <clears throat> a more distrusting society. It encourages the idea that we should sort of like be telling tales on one another. You see someone in a supermarket getting angry with their child, smacking them. Oh, look at that parent. Parents become nervous self-conscious, unsure about what their role is in terms of whose responsibility is to discipline children. Um, it's just it's so negative at so many levels, uh, so many levels. And to use the law, even if you are completely against smacking, you should recognize that this still is not something that should be about the police and the law. If you want to make a case against smacking, if you want to have arguments with people, fine, have public meetings, have events, make arguments, have a campaign, do whatever you like. But that should not mean handing powers to the police and saying we're going to arrest parents potentially for smacking their child on the wrist. It's ridiculous. What has been the response that you've been getting then um, to your stand on this? Because um, listening to John Finney when he was he was on, it, it was uh, you know saying to us that this is what this is what the public of Scotland want. Well, it's just isn't, is it? I mean, there was a, a poll in uh, uh, around Angus uh, in the local newspaper. Seventy-six percent of people said that they thought that they opposed the law. The Be Reasonable campaign, which would suggest people go on the website and have a look at it, they did their own uh, again independent research. Seventy-five percent of people said that they would be opposed to this. Most people do not agree um, that this should be made into a crime. Uh, the vast majority of people. But I think there's a problem. There is a problem that you people also don't want to be seen to be being pro-smacking, mm -hmm. right? Because pro-smacking, you know, what, what's, you know, oh, yeah, I love smacking. You know, let's get out there and smack more children. So it's quite difficult, actually, to sort of, as, as an issue to campaign around because it seems quite negative. But I think people have to think about this in terms of un what role this has in undermining parents, undermining the family, um, creating a, a, a less trusting uh, environment instead of being much more positive about what parents are, that parents love their children, should be supported uh, in that. Uh, and I think people start, need to get on the Be Reasonable uh, website and start contacting their MSPs and so on because if they don't, this will be a law. Uh, and parents, you know, I've smacked my children. I don't know if you have. John Finney smacked his own children. Yeah, so John, you'd have a criminal record, mate. Mm -hmm. I would have a criminal record, as would my mother, as would my grandparents. Utterly insane. And how do you think they're going to police this? Is another, <coughs> you know, is, is, is something that's been asked on the programme by some of our listeners when yeah. we've been talking about this? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, if, if they were serious about it, the problem is that if somebody now phones the police and says, oh, I saw Mrs. Smith smacking her uh, grandchild's bottom in the, the park, as far as I understand, and I've, and I've spoken to police officers about this, they say they would have to act. Mm -hmm. So they would have to act. So, so that's crazy. On the other hand, you have to think, well, uh, are they re is it, is it, are they really going to be running around trying to chase everybody that's smacking their children? Right? So and that, it's a, there's an unreality to it. Uh, as well. But I, I, I think for me, the problem is not so much how many people are going to get arrested for this, although that is horrible. It's much more the climate that's created that undermines parents, that makes them nervous. People are already nervous, right? If you, if you go into the supermarket with your child, you would be nervous about smacking that child, even if they're pulling every can of beans onto mm. the top. You know, you'd still be nervous about it. And that's a climate we already live in, unnecessarily and unhelpfully. I think this just makes it even worse than that. But potentially, it does create a kind of bigger haystack, if you like. Instead of saying, look, what you need to be doing in social work and the police is focusing on serious issues of crime and abuse. That's what you need to be doing. 
clearly the vast majority of people, even people with difficulties and, you know, in poverty and all the rest of it, most of them are decent people. Most of them do not need to be policed in their day-to-day lives. Right? That is not the role of either politics or the police. Um, and it seems to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the opposite in terms of the trends uh, of where we're going. If you have a comment or, or a thought on this, love to hear from you. 033-2020-401 is the number, or you can text 61054, start your message with Ali. Um, Somebody suggested to me the other day, when we, and I was looking at this poll that you, you referred to in uh, the Evening Telegraph, I think it was something like 200 readers responded to the poll and three quarters of the people believe parents should not be banned from, from smacking their children according to, to that poll. So a, a lot of that was coming in. But somebody pointed out to me that uh, Mr Finney had mentioned um, about it being along the same lines as uh, smoking being banned in cars and and then you know yes that's fine but again how many people have you heard being prosecuted about smoking in cars it's not something that the police are on top of and so it's giving our overstretched police already something uh, added to them surely something uh, else for them uh, to do I'm sure it is yeah I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean the, the problem again politicians are using the law uh, much more than they did historically right? I mean this is a, it's one of the interesting things. I'm a, I'm a criminologist, criminology, so I'm, in, I'm interested in this stuff. Um, and historically what politicians would do is that politics was a, way, it was a form of uh, persuasion. You would make an argument, you'd make a case, you would have public meetings, you'd have events, you'd, you'd put things forward. Today, increasingly, if there's something they don't like, they say, let's have a law about it. It will have a law to say, you, sh- you shouldn't say this, a law about the smoking thing, a law about smacking, a law... And it's a very crude instrument to use to try and change people's behaviour. Um, and yes, I do think it is a problem. Most, most police officers will not want to be doing this. Mm. Right? Just like they won't be thinking, I'm, I want to run around arresting people having a fag in their car. Um, and it makes the law into an ass. It, it, it creates laws that become seen by most people as stupid. And you don't want the law to be that. The law should be something that ref, reflects very clearly what people think is a clear right and wrong and a mark that you must never cross. And even the way John Finney talks about this shows how stupid it is, the use of it, because he says, this is not about criminalising parents. He said, yeah, John, you're making a law. Do you understand how the law works, mm, right? You are criminalising. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you're doing, right? Well, it's not about criminalising parents. It's about giving support to vulnerable, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, John, John, when you introduce a law, you are criminalising people. That is exactly what you're doing. Mm. But he says he, he wants to send out a message. He said, well, John, okay, if you want to send out a message, go to the post office, go to the public meetings. You're an you know, MSP. You, you, can, you can talk to people. You've got constituents. You know, persuade people if you think if, if this is important. Stop using the law. As, it's a crude, crude instrument. Uh, and as I say, it's, it, it makes it look ridiculous because the vast majority of people do not support uh, what they're doing. Why, why then are the politicians not listening? If you, it, it's, it brings me back to, to another um, scheme that we talked about many times on this programme and it was quite clear that our listeners anyway uh, were against it but the government decided to press ahead with it and, and they came up against the barriers and I'm talking about the name person scheme. Uh, I mean, it was quite clear that our listeners and, mm-hmm. and you know that was raised with the First Minister when she was on this programme but she said she, in her opinion... It, it was something that should go ahead, but it's it's come to haunt them, hasn't it? Well, it has. Well, I, I actually got the group together to set up the opposition in an in-person campaign, so that's my well, <coughs> a claim to fame because that was even more um, jaw-dropping than the smacking thing, I think, uh, in terms of what that was going to uh, lead to. I think one of the things that's happening in politics at the minute is old politics has disappeared. So old politics, by which I mean the old Labour Party and the old Conservative Party, who had very clear constituents. There was a sort of Labour tradition, yeah. um, Labour tradition, uh, and a Conservative tradition. And you know they had you know, in the nineteen fifties there was something like five million people were members of one or other of the party. And then you had all the trade unions, all the associated groups. And I think there was a genuine connection there between the people and political parties. Today, I don't think there is. Um, I think even when people join political parties, most people uh, are not very active. And I think politicians increasingly orientate themselves around civil servants and experts. 
um, and special interest groups mm. and chat away to them. And so you get this very strange situation where you often have every political party agreeing with a law that's going to be introduced. And you talk to the public and they all disagree with it. Think, well, how is this? You've got planet politics over here and you've got the people over here. Now, it's difficult because the people aren't organized collectively. I don't want to get too sociological about <laughs> this, but they're not. So it's hard to then know what this thing, if you want to do little speech quotes, the people or the public, um, actually want collectively. So it's, it is difficult for politicians. But nevertheless, you increasingly now are getting a kind of professional expert framework for politics, which is why you end up with things like Brexit. It's why you end up with th things like Trump. Uh, and why we're going to get more and more of these things, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a good thing. Um, but the, I, I would like the, uh, I'd like the people to um, get behind this campaign against smacking because I think, as with a named person, it demonstrates that actually when people do speak up, you can actually push politicians. All right, let's, let's go um, and just take a couple of calls here and see if they're in agreement with you. Philip, hello, good morning. Very good morning, Ali. How good morning. You? I'm fine, thank you. What's your point? Right, well, this subject was brought up before, right, you recall, Ali, and uh, I commented on it at the time. I said I was against it, and now you brought the subject up again. My views haven't changed. I'm still against it. Against what? Smacking. Right, OK. And are you against uh, this bill being brought in, or are you for the bill being brought in? Uh, I'm against it. Right. It's going to serve no useful purpose, Ali. Nothing at all? No. It won't no. protect the children as far as you're concerned? Children have got to learn early, Ali, right, that there are boundaries in life, limits, red lines, and the earlier they learn that, the better. So, so are you for smacking or against smacking? I missed that. Against it. You're, you're against smacking? I'm against it, yes. But you're also, you don't think there should be a law introduced? There should not, no. Right. Oh, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I don't think you have to be a fan of smacking to realise that the police should not be involved in something like this. I mean, the thing is, children are already protected. You know, they're more protected than they've ever been. You can't smack a child on the head. You can't smack a child and leave a red mark. It's essentially... Any serious form of force against children is already illegal. This mm. is only going to make criminal the lightest smack. Um, and, you know, as I say, the vast majority of people, I think, maybe they, they, they don't think that's a good idea. Can I ask you, sir, if you're a parent? I am, you. Yeah. Now, let's suppose I see you chastising your child in public. Yeah. And I intervene. Are you going to take umbrage at that? Uh, well, actually, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, as like as not, you'd probably say to me, mind my own damn business. Yeah, yeah, I think I probably would say yeah. mind your own business. Yeah. Yeah. Although, uh, yeah. it depends. If if I thought I had lost the plot and was being wrong and you were in the right, mm -hmm. I would hope that I could be big enough to realise that you're actually doing the right thing for both of us. But if I was just gently smacking my child on the hand and you came over, I would have to say, excuse me, sorry. See, the reason that I hesitate is I like the idea of other people actually getting involved with one another's children because mm -hmm. I realise that we've become much more privatised and uh, obsessed with our children. And if anyone comes up to us and says anything about our children, we use, our heads usually blow up. Yeah. You know, so it, historically you'd knock on someone's door and say, yeah. your, your Johnny's like, you know, just been smashing up my car. Right. And you'd say, I'm really sorry about that. Today, we kind of worry that if we go around and say, your Johnny's be smashing up my car, they'll say, my Johnny would never do anything now, you know. <laughs> so I like the idea that you would intervene. <laughs> but, so, so would you, you know, but it's would, a difficult yeah. case. Would you, so would you actually agree, right, to agree, agreed, children have got to be disciplined? Yes. Right? Yeah. What, what, what sort of form of discipline would you be in favour of then if you're against smacking? No, no, I'm in favour of smack. Oh, you're in favour well, of Well, you know, I'm not in favour. You know, what does that mean, in favour of I don't think it should be made criminal. I think parents should be able to do what they like. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of parents are probably saying, you know, they probably turn around and say, how dare you tell me how to bring up my kids? Oh. Mind, eh? Mind your own business. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. 
is Scotland's talking. My guest at the moment is Stuart Whitten, a senior lecturer in sociology at Aberdeen University. And we're talking about the, the proposed law on the total ban and smacking of children. So let's go back on the phone lines. Eddie's there. Hello, Eddie. Hi there. Right, what's your point, please? Well, you know, years ago, you took away, or the politicians took away the strap from the school. And now you're taking away the parents' ability to smack a child. Where does the discipline come in? The child in school knows that they can't do nothing to him except put him out of school. And the parents just, they can just run riot. And there's no way that they control them. I mean, where does people um, manage to control their children? Interesting, Eddie, you make that point because it's not that long ago there was a poll carried out with teachers today and asked if they would like to see uh, the belt being brought back in and there was a resounding no. Um, so it seems that they, they believe, as far as they're concerned, uh, they have means and it's. I think it came out that it was the minority uh, of of children in schools who are causing problems, particularly secondary schools. And, and, and But does he have a, a point there, Stuart, that this was the start of discipline breaking down? Um, well, uh, it's a long question. I, I say this because I've just read a, a very, very long book on authority, which goes back to the Greeks uh, and through history. So I, I almost don't want to get into this. I'll start rambling uh, inanely about all sorts of things. But yes, there is... Um, there's a crisis of authority in society more generally, I think. Um, and I think uh, what's interesting, which is the point that uh, famous philosopher Hannah Arendt made in the 1950s and 60s, that this was the first time where what they called pre-political authority was actually being undermined, by which means things like parental authority. Something that had been sort of natural for most times in history. You're older, you're wiser, you will have authority over the child was being questioned and undermined at this point in time. Uh, and it's, it's, much, it's a much wider problem, actually, in terms of the question of values, a question of sense of purpose that society has. But yes, I think there is a problem in terms of uh, discipline. But I, don't th- I, don't think, I think you can discipline children in all sorts of ways. Yeah, I'm not necessarily a big fan of using force necessarily, but I certainly do think what's very, very important is for parents to have the freedom to be able to make that decision within reason, so that, you know, if you're not battering hell out of your child, if you're disciplining them and using a smack, they should have the freedom to do that because parents are the people who are responsible for their children. I mean, this is where Eddie's making the point. People are, if you are responsible for a child, you have to make tough decisions, you are doing it in the best interest of the child, and you have to be given a fairly significant amount of freedom to make those decisions for yourself and for the interests of your child. And that is what most parents do. This is why this law is so horrible, because it's actually criminalising parents who are trying to do the right thing. OK, Eddie, thank you for that. Um, here's who... Oh, yes, this uh, person's anonymous. Hello, Mrs Anonymous. Hello. Hello there. What's your point, please? Well, for one, I agree with this doctor guy. I can't mind his name, Dr Stewart or something. Yeah, that'll do. And I'm totally against smacking children. Right, okay. I have four kids, and my idea of chastising my children is if they do something wrong, they get a warning. If they do the same thing wrong, they get a second warning. And if they do it wrong a third time, they get a time out. And does it work? Yes, it works. And it you... works quite well. Right. But my question is, what would the social workers do if they saw me doing that outside? Would they say, right, this parent's too harsh on our children and take them away? It's not fair. What, what is a timeout? What do you a do? A timeout is, say, like five minutes sitting in a naughty corner yeah. or on a naughty step <laughs> or something. That's funny because I was just uh, thinking about... Because you could easily... People say... Um, you, you you can't assault an adult, therefore you can't assault a child. Um, but of course we treat children differently all the time. So just as you say, 
uh, if you did what you just if 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 I forced an adult to have a time out, that would be described as something like taking a hostage or a form of restraint, and that would be illegal. So if we're genuinely going to talk about adults and children as the same, there's all sorts of things. You know, people wipe their children's bottoms, right? It, you don't do that to many adults now, uh, nowadays uh, or ever. And we have very different approaches to adults and children, rightly so, because children are immature and can't be responsible for their actions. We have to act uh, yes, in their interest. but my point is some adults can be just as immature as children. And how do you chastise them? Well, if, if, they, uh, if they seriously assault their children, and I think it should be seriously assault before you start to think about taking children away from people or anything like that, then I think you know, we already have laws for that. We have laws uh, and many um, social workers, police officers and so on who would intervene, uh, as most adults would, I think, if they saw a child being seriously uh, assaulted or abused by their parents. I well, think, I but, but this, is, this is about a light smack on the hand. This is about making that into a crime. I was downtown quite a few months ago, and I saw a grandmother dragging his, her grandson around to the bathrooms by his hair. I said, please don't do that because you're hurting the child. And she told me to politely F off. Mm. Yeah. That's what you were talking about earlier on, somebody coming and saying it's none of your business really, isn't it? Thank you for that. Uh, let's go to Anne, who's in Irvine. Hello, Anne. Hello. 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 What's your point, please? My point is there's got to be a bit of control and if the parents can't control the children at two and three, what hell of chance have we got by the time they're 16 and 17? It's been proven today. There's so much going on. There's a difference between a wee bit of chastisement and abuse and how anyone can link spousal abuse to smacking a child in the backside or the back of the legs is farcical. Mm, I agree. I mean, do the police not have enough in their hands? <laughs> We don't have enough police, we don't have enough this, we don't have enough that, but we're now going to make it law and give people criminal records for smacking a child in the backside because he's probably throwing a tantrum in a supermarket. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's farcical. Yeah. Well, well, it is, but, but you can do something about it. You can get onto your MSP uh, and make a fuss about this because you're right, it, it is farcical. It is. A lot of the MPs are all for this. Why, I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe another step to the big run the country. But they're more running the country as it is. So they're giving everybody so many laws, rules, regulations. Nobody knows what the rules and regulations are. And if you've got something, maybe four or five-year-old throwing a tantrum, a smack never done me any harm. It certainly didn't do quite a few others the same. And quite honestly, I think quite a few of the MPs probably had a smack when they were young. I bet they did. Um, and what harm does it do? I mean, that no matter what the rule comes, law or otherwise, there are always going to be children who are abused. That's been proven throughout time. Mm. And it's, so it's a, the, it's a big, big difference between abuse and, and chastise. Yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah, we, we get where you're calling from there. Thank you very much indeed. And let's go to Patricia. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Ali. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Your thoughts on this then? Well, I'm sick and tired, Ali, of the do-gooders of the world ruining in the world and then us poor souls that have to live with it, have to put up with it. You know, it's since all this nonsense came in that children have become... No, I'm not saying every child because most of the kids are great, but there's an element of society that think they can do what they like, when they like, and... If you see them in supermarkets with their mothers, the way they speak to the mother, the children go into tantrums, and it's all because of all this don't smack your child. Everybody's terrified. I never smacked my children in my life, but I certainly threatened them with it, and it worked. Mm -hmm. My my husband smacked them, the boys, not my daughter. But if they really, really did something bad, they got smacked. And they said to me in their adult life, if it hadn't been for the fact that we were a bit scared of Dad sometimes, we would have ended up in jail because of things that we, we got up to, but you didn't know about it. So, you know, isn't it one of the diarists said, I'm sure I'm, I'm right here, where they said that all children are born wild animals and it's our duty to tame them. 
I mean, you think about a baby, if it's in a tantrum, it screams and it pulls your hair and it tries to hurt you. <laughs> you never taught it that. You didn't teach it that. It, it does that instinctively because it's in a bad mood. It's, 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 it's fed up. So if you don't teach the child discipline and if you don't teach them respect, where are they ever, ever going to end up in life? God help us all in the future if this is what's going to be running the country. Patricia, thank you very much indeed for your thoughts. We're going to wind it up there. Um, Stuart, if you, you know, you're carrying on with this, and how would you suggest to somebody who's interested in, in making that objection to their MSPs that they, they do so? I, I just think, go, assuming people have got access to the web, go to the Be Reasonable site, have a read of it. There's a lot of information there about how you can contact your MSP. We'll be having roadshows around the country, um, and hopefully, if we get enough parents who are prepared, or people generally that are prepared to um, step forward and oppose this, it's, I think it's very, very important. We are undermining families uh, and parents. We are making loving parents into criminals. It's completely unacceptable. Um, so go on the Be Reasonable site and let's see if we can stop this. Stuart, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Dr Stuart Waiton from Abertay University. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. What do you think you would do if you found yourself confronted by a mugger? Give them what they want in the hope that you won't get hurt or fight back. Well, we've been talking to a 78-year-old lady from Glasgow who chose the second option. When a man tried to grab Evelyn Thompson's handbag when she was on her way to a hospital appointment, she responded by whacking him with her walking stick. And she won. She's been telling Natalie Crawford about it for Scotland's Talking. I don't normally get the bus, but I decided to get the bus along and I got off the bus. As far as I know, there was nobody standing at the back of me to get off the bus. But this chap was on the bus and he was kind of staggering all over the place. So I took he was drunk. He was trying to speak to two women in the front seats. But didn't pay that much attention to that. I gets off the bus anyway and I walks up to the traffic lights to cross over to the uh, New Victoria. And it was then I discovered he was at my side. It still didn't register anything was going on. It's just he was, he was drunk and that was it. Uh, he eventually got across the road before me and then stopped. Uh, it's now and I think it waited for me getting across the road. That gets across the road and as I'm walking up to the hospital, he said to me, first of all, is there any shops about here? And I said, no, you'll need to go back the way. Then he said, are you going up to the hospital, Hen? And I just said, yes. Uh, and then a wee while later he says, you going up to the hospital, Hen? And I says, um, I thought this would make him move. I says, I'm going up to the hospital and I'm late, so we and you're making it worse for me. But it didn't make any difference, he still carried on. And then I really don't know what happened. I don't know whether he was still at the side of me or whether they went to the back of me. But the next thing, he seemed to be in front of me and he grabbed my, it was a kind of shopper bag I had, with his two hands and started pulling uh, the bag. Because I'm pulling one way, he's pulling another. And then he said to me, let go, that's mine. But I, I, I just never done anything. All I was interested was in keeping a hold of this bag. Uh, and then I kind of hit him with, with my stick from the legs. Uh, he still grabbed the force in the bag. And then I don't know what happened. He just decided to forget about it. And he just left it. And what was it that kind of instinctually kicked in and made you think I'm going to hit this man with my walking stick? Uh, I don't really know. I think it was just a, an automatic thing because he just wasn't getting my bag. <laughs> I just made up my mind. He wasn't getting this handbag. And uh, I think it was just a, an instinct that uh, I hit him. But as I say, to quite honestly, I didn't really hit him that uh, hard. The other instinct was that I knew he was, was stronger. Well, I felt he was stronger than me because I say I've only got the one hand to hold on. He was holding it with the, the two hands and pulling away uh, and I think it was just instinct to keep my 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 stick on the ground because I knew if I fell he would get the, the bag and 
I just wasn't getting the bag. It's just that self-preservation. Just, uh-huh, just determined. They just determined he wasn't getting the bag. But um, my brother had actually said to me, why don't you, you shout help? I never gave it a thought because all I was concerned about was he wasn't getting my bag. <laughs> that was the main thing. But um, it, it does, you know, it, it does put a bit of fear into you. It just makes me, it just made me, I, I will go over it because I'm, I'm determined to go over it, but it did make me a bit weary today being out. Uh, just if somebody was passing me, I could feel myself kind of tensing up, but I'm quite sure that all it'll definitely disappear. Yeah. I just won't allow it to happen. Well, Evelyn was determined, as you heard there, that he wasn't getting the bag, but at 78 years of age, what would you have done? Uh, you know, should she have held on? She won, but easily it could have gone the other way, you know, and, and you just don't know what someone is going to do. It's, it's the same we hear of people coming into maybe shops and, 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 you know, where there's just one assistant on and somebody demanding money and standing with uh, a weapon that they might use. You don't know whether they're going to, to use it. So is it wise to put up a fight? Then again, if we didn't put up a fight, then those who do these type of things would know we're all for easy picking. What would you do? Or treble three twenty twenty four oh one is the number if you want to get in there with a comment. Love to hear what you you think of that. Uh, at seventy eight years old, I say well done, Evelyn, but I'd be concerned about your safety. Um, so let's hope there never is a next time. You just need to say, hey, I'm Evelyn Thompson. I've met your type before. Go. But uh, seriously, I uh, hope it doesn't happen to you. But what would you do? Oh, treble three twenty twenty four oh one. Let me just uh, go to a couple of um, answers and comments on things that we've been talking about. Smacking children, here's one of them. Uh, hi, about smacking children. Let's face it, all children are not the same. Uh, some can be unruly, and a little smack is what is needed. But if smacking is taken to the next level, that's where the social work need to take action. Okay, thanks for that. Um, I'm just going to work my way through them as they're coming up on the screen here, so we may jump from one subject to another. Ali, police are goosed. The health service is goosed. Education is goosed. Roads are goosed. Scottish Government, sort these out before trying to tell people how to live their lives. And that comes in from uh, Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy, thank you for that. And another one. Uh, It's the 21st century. Why are we still discussing whether violence is still acceptable? A man punches a man on the street. He gets arrested. A man punches his wife. It's a domestic and will, if it continues, be sent on a course. Why is it okay to hit kids? Violence breeds violence. Thank you for your thoughts there. And we were talking earlier on about the supermarket wrangle between uh, female employees saying that they should be paid the same as those working in the warehouse and distribution centres. And uh, this one says, I'd like to know why supermarkets have shelves that are so high to reach for people like myself that uh, are short in their legs. Hey, I'm one of them. Uh, don't they think it's not all customers of the same height? I never understand that either. You you see things that are away on a top shelf that, you know, you need to get to. And, of course, there is nobody there to go and get it for you. Thanks for that. Here's one from Audrey in Perth. that says, what do the men on the shop floor get paid? If it's the same as the women, then this argument has nothing to do with female equality get your point here. It's about the salary of the department workers in general. So Audrey saying that if the men and the women on Tesco's shop floor are being on the same salary then and the same hourly rate, there should be no argument. And of course the argument is the ladies saying they should be paid the same as those that work in the distribution centres and uh, the, the warehouses. So that's all I've got time for, I'm afraid. This has been Scotland's Talking. I'm Ali Bally. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye-bye. Scotland's Talking, the podcast.